The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Welcome into Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right, man. We got a ton to talk about here with Scott Docterman's story out of the athletic. And uh, what will the Big Ten do with this uh, schedule? The future of uh, the football schedule. I have some ideas and they're not fabulous, but... I think they're kind of tasty. We'll uh, dive into that. Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mr. Husker, uh, well, everything. I'll say football, yes, but we'll get into some baseball with Babs as that's on the horizon. Mike Babcock in about 20 minutes. Mike Shuhart, Shuey's down at a, uh, what do he say, a golf show? A uh, Let me pull up the old text message from, from Shuey. Shuey's in Orlando is what I'm saying. It's not uh, 37 and... Sunny for for Shuey today out at Wilderness Ridge. So Mike Shuart from Wilderness Ridge Golf uh, is down in Orlando. We will we will check in with Shuey. Maybe he's ordering the shrimp cocktail right now, but he's at PGA Merchandise Event. We'll see if he can't bring uh, us a couple of good-looking Wilderness Ridge Golf uh, three-quarter zips because apparently, per my wife, that's all I own. <laughs> and I just like, yes, yep. yes, you do. <laughs> so that's coming up this hour. Uh, in hour two, one hour from now, Andy Markowski. We'll get a jump start on uh, Nebraska basketball as Wisconsin comes to town. It's been a uh, drama-filled week for the Big Red between covid and uh, how are the uh, how's the locker room? So we'll talk with Andy Markowski. Don't forget, we are on the road tomorrow at Single Barrel. We'll be live streaming as well, and we're just going to be part of that uh, double dip magic for you. We'll be at the Single Barrel. Uh, we'll uh, be there at four, four to six. Come on down uh, if you want to pop out at halftime. Nebraska tips off at four, so we'll be on during the Nebraska game. The men, and uh, we'll be hanging out if you want to come down and. Have something to eat and get a whiskey before the Nebraska women tip off at 8. That is our story tomorrow. Roadshow Thursday at the Single Barrel, Nebraska, Wisconsin. And, of course, the Nebraska women who do play tomorrow. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. Five eight six five. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and uh, give us a find and follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can always uh, get great content at Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln. Ghost and Volbeat are coming to PBA. Uh, Europe Metal Rock 
just phenomenal if that's your thing. And maybe you don't know what's your thing yet, but the point is, is we're going to give you a pair of tickets away here in this first hour. Uh, so be listening for that cue to call. Uh, the cue to call is Elijah Air Guitaring. Uh, quite frankly. So let's talk schedule, Elijah, and uh, this coming out with The Athletic. You have Mr. Barda from Iowa talking about the Big Ten, their schedule plans, and uh, what does Nebraska do? Do they have a vote? I'm sure they will. They'll have a say. They'll have a take. Trev will analyze this and say, here's what we think. But overall, the Big Ten is going to make a decision whether or not to keep divisions, yes or a no. So we poked fun a few years back at the Big 12 for going divisionless because they lost some teams. Now they're soon to lose Texas and Oklahoma. But what you got with the Big 12 when they reinstituted their Big 12 championship game, it was kind of funny. The Big 12 was the second uh, major conference to have a, a conference title game following the SEC. And then they went away from it, and it cost them a playoff spot, and they went back to it. So you got a rematch. Uh, a lot of times you've had rematches, either uh, Baylor, Okie State this last year, or Texas, Oklahoma. But so what? You're not immune to rematches in college football. Nebraska went through it in 2010 with Washington to start the year and end the year. Uh, weirdly, uh, in the Holiday Bowl. You've seen it twice now in the national championship game, two times in the last five years with Georgia-Bama. And what's that say? Oh, yeah, the SEC, more times than not, uh, has been the only conference to get two teams in the college football playoff. Big Ten's been good about usually getting one. The ACC has had Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame's found their way in. Pac-12 has been once Oklahoma's been the representative from the Big 12. As the Big 10 examines the future and TV rights and the next round of payouts in 2023, what's going to give the conference the best bang for their buck? What's going to bring the most money in? And ultimately, if you zoom out to six or eight or 12 playoff teams, whatever number they decide, you're going to need to have uh, people positioned. And the way it's set up right now, the Big 10 is so tough that you – end up eating your own. And I go back to these examples. The West may have not won a Big Ten championship yet. You've had Northwestern representative. You've had Michigan State representative back when it was the Leaders and Legends or the other side. Uh, You always have Wisconsin in there, it seems like, and Minnesota's knocked on the door. Nebraska needs to start being Nebraska, okay, to to be back there. They've been once uh, in their existence But you've had a Big Ten West team really drill the Big Ten's second-place team or alternative option for a second team in the college football playoff. And it's been Iowa or it's been Minnesota. You've had really good football teams at Michigan or at Penn State or even Ohio State. And they'll make a trip to to Iowa City or they'll make a trip to Minneapolis. Hell, uh, Michigan State, the, the the year they went to the playoff, their only loss was in Lincoln to a, uh, a sub-500 Mike Riley squad in that memorable 39-38 thriller, the two-minute drill by Tommy Armstrong. The West may not have won, <laughs> but, but the West is sabotaged, and 
why not just set it up where you're going to get a regular season matchup between Michigan and Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State? You're going to get some of the same big dogs. And you're going to eliminate uh, potentially that ninth conference game and go back to eight. So what do you do if you're Nebraska? What do you want if you're a Nebraska fan? You're going to have a, a, you know three main dance partners, and then you're just going to kind of go home and away, I would think, through the, regu- through the rest of the schedule. And do you sacrifice, and my vote is yes. My vote is yes. I don't need to see Nebraska-Maryland. I don't see need. I don't need to see Nebraska, Indiana, that often. You haven't anyway. I don't need to see Nebraska uh, and Rutgers. I just don't. Give me the opportunity if I'm Nebraska to play some somebody from our alliance over uh, a, a Big Ten team. Really, no one gives a crap about whether Nebraska's better and and in a, a favorite in those games in the near future. They need to be. They haven't been. Or uh, whether it's it's a situation of Nebraska having some natural ties to these alliance teams. Nebraska has history with Florida State and Miami out of the ACC, one of your alliance teams. With the Pac-12, Nebraska has some history with Washington and with UCLA. They've got they played Oregon recently. It was it was a long time ago, but but SC was kind of your measuring stick game, and they will be again with how they're loading up. Even Utah'd be fun. Nebraska's played Arizona State. Nebraska could always play Pac-10, Pac-12 teams in the name of recruiting. It was always a home-and-home scheduled somehow, some way. Uh, with the, with the, uh, the ACC, Nebraska's played Virginia Tech in recent history. Uh, Virginia and North Carolina are okay. They played Pitt during the Callahan era mm. with Fitzgerald. Uh, NC State, don't care. They played Syracuse almost 40 years ago. But Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Oregon, Washington, uh, UCLA, SC, and Colorado. Those are all things I'm, I'm all about scheduling over some team that used to be in the East. Or, quite frankly, seeing the, the pig farmer in Illinois. Right? And I know Illinois has had their way the last couple of seasons. But give me that, that cross-country uh, ACC, Big Ten, ACC, uh, Big Ten, or Big Ten Pac-12 showdown over some of these games that, all right, you just kind of tolerate as a Big Ten fan that you've been subjected to. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, the two teams I'm drafting, just because I know they're good, you got to get over the hump and beat them. So who's that third team that's permanent? Who's in ink for you? Do you want a big dog? Because of TV ratings, you're likely going to get scheduled to see a Michigan or an Ohio State or a Penn State or a, or a Michigan State if you're Nebraska because of your brand, not because you've been winning. But Nebraska still, because of their brand, is in this conversation. They're still eyeballs for TV sets. And, and with these three teams that would be the, the locked-in matchups every single year, I want three games that are drivable for Nebraska fans. Three games that Nebraska fans can... I, I know it's not the big the big 8, the big 12 anymore, but I want three games that Nebraska fans can actually travel to in force every single year. So that would be Iowa, Wisconsin, and then either Minnesota or Northwestern. 
which sure. are, are three teams that are all in the division, but they're three teams that Nebraska has had good away attendance at, and Nebraska fans have enjoyed going to those games. Those are the three, or I guess the four that make the most sense to me. I guess uh, we would see which three uh, would come of that if this, this scheduling change even does come about, because it kind of seems like it's a little bit contingent on what the college football playoff were to do down the road if they were to expand to either eight or 12. It sounds like if, if they stay with four, the Big Ten's going to stay with their more traditional scheduling. Yeah, and... Listen, from a, from, from a TV standpoint, this is a high-wire act, Elijah, mm-hmm. because you need to schedule your, your showcase games for Big Noon Kickoff or for CBS, who will have the rights to, uh, to some Big Ten games for, for some magical night op- opportunities, okay? You want to do that, but you also need to, in the name of protection, if you're up to eight teams— you want to get Ohio State and say you have an 11 and 1 Wisconsin in. Say you have Nebraska that's a really good 10 and 2. You want to be, or pick, pick somebody, pick somebody aside from Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, listen, uh, who did Michigan State lose to last year? They got drilled by Purdue. Right? Purdue was pretty good. They turned out to be pretty good last year. But I know. Sparty got embarrassed that would have probably kept them out of the playoff anyway. The point is, is they were top 10 good all of last year. They, they proved that. They, they had their one big win uh, against Michigan. They got drilled uh, by, by Purdue, and then they got drilled by um, Ohio State. But the point of it is, is they don't, they don't stub their toe against a Purdue because it's, a non, it, it's that ninth conference game. It's that third crossover team. You have an 11-1 Michigan State team knocking on the door. You have an 11-1 Michigan team that's part of the conversation. They're only lost by four on the road at Sparty. And then you have Ohio State, who is a, a way better and different and tougher football team uh, by the time they, they, they figured things out after Oregon. Michigan was rolling. They were the better team. They were more physical. But Ohio State was still really darn good uh, with an 11-2 and two season this year. Well, and let's also discuss the aspect here that, that one of the, the bigger parts of this is to be cutting the conference slate from nine games to eight games as a part of Because the, the SEC's at eight. Because nobody else really in the country has followed. I think the Big Ten thought more conferences would follow and go for the nine-game slate. But, but look at how it affects teams. Ohio State stubbed their toe early in the season against Oregon, against a non-conference opponent in that non-conference slate, but it's early in the year, and they were able to rebound and come back and still be in the college football playoff talk all year long because people went, oh, well... It, it was an early loss. It was an early loss. And, and you can get back to that with this ACC Pac-12 alliance where if you stub your toe against that team, it's okay because you still have a full eight-game conference slate to make things right. Well, and, and quite honestly, it's head-to-head. Push comes to shove with this alliance. Uh, if it comes down to uh, a team out of the Big Ten getting a second team or an ACC team getting a second team or a Pac-12 team getting in, you'll have head-to-head options. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, you'll have a measuring stick for how good each conference is, essentially. You're, you're, what you're going to have to do is balance this. You're going to have to probably schedule, if you're Ohio State, uh, one game against uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska from a brand TV standpoint. You're going to still keep two out of your three big dogs between Mich- You're going to always keep Ohio State, Michigan. But if you're Ohio State, you're probably still going to get Michigan State or Penn State, one of the two. And then... With this uh, alliance, Ohio State's going to probably get paired. I don't know if they're going to 
ask for Clemson <laughs> and, and Michigan and Penn State and on the road at Iowa all in the same year. But that's how it's going to work out a lot of cases. And if you're Nebraska here, take Wisconsin, take Iowa. I like your drivable take. I think Minnesota makes sense. That's kind of been the death triangle to end November anyway. But I'm Nebraska. Give me one of the, the, the names out of the East because uh, that's who you're, you're chasing and that's who you eventually got to start beating to get back to being more than just a brand. Okay? Uh, you got to be relevant on the football field, and that's take your cracks against Michigan and Penn State or Michigan State or, or Ohio State. I, I wouldn't You've hate been doing it. Ohio State being a paired match, but I know they're, they're the that's marquee what it's matchup. Been. But it, it, it draws the eyes on TV, and uh, it really does give Nebraska a measuring stick every single year. Well, Nebraska's non-conference uh, moving forward. You, you have Oklahoma next year. You have two in Boulder. You have Boulder and then uh, Colorado and Lincoln in 2024. Tennessee is on the horizon Oklahoma again, Arizona. You, you drop in Cincinnati in 2025. So there's been some some non-conference work done already on Nebraska's part. How does it play out with the ACC um, and, and those options? Mike Babcock's on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for your time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mike Babcock with us from Hail Varsity Magazine, HailVarsity.com at MDBabs. On Twitter is where you find him. Mike, I'm kind of smiling here about this uh, potential no division uh, Big Ten football. How do you feel about that? Well, um, I think, let's see now, I think it would work better if you had 16 teams. Is that Are they planning on adding a couple? I don't know. I, I just know that, that what Scott Docterman reported is that they're kind of in wait and see mode here with uh, with with what needs to happen where where are they going to go with the college football playoff expansion wise and you know the goal is to get as many teams as possible into the playoff from your conference you've got an alliance already with the ACC and the Pac-12 where you're probably going to drop from 9 to 8 uh, league games because that's what the SEC does why you know, kill yourself with that extra game. It's cost the Big Ten a potential second team with some of those upsets over the years. Theoretically, you can go back and point to a really good eleven and two team. Would they be more persuasive at eleven and one had they not got rocked in Iowa City on a night game in October? Uh, I, I think of the you know the Penn State or the the Ohio State or even Purdue this year against Michigan State. The the West may not have won the league yet, but they've 
the West has had some people come up and bite some of the big dogs. It's just interesting to balance uh, the matchups people want to see where you're going to have three permanent teams on your calendar and then you're going to kind of run through the rest of the league to fill out your schedule while sprinkling in what non-conference you've scheduled and having an alliance matchup, either someone from the ACC or the Pac-12. Well, and that's why I say if you had 16 teams, because like you were talking earlier, okay, so Nebraska, the three probably uh, going to be Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota be my guess. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at it, Illinois, uh, Northwestern, Indiana, and Purdue, that makes, that makes a sense there. Those three, or those four, could play each other, the three. But then you got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and then you got the the Penn State, Maryland, and Rutgers. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you mesh those mm-hmm. to have like three teams that you play every year that you're locked into because of the 14 team situation. Right, I mean, so you I, add two, or you just keep the two permanent, and then you run through the rest of the schedule. I I guess I mean I, I don't see any other way to to put it together mm-hmm. unless you want to keep divisions and just go to eight eight uh, conference games like the SEC does uh, and then play some directional state universities to get some wins <laughs> schedule a couple of wins mm-hmm. and then you know with the alliance or with the um, set up with the ACC and the and the Pac uh, twelve uh, then mix in a couple of those. Um, that would make sense to me, but um, you know, dumping the, the two divisions when you have 14 just doesn't, and you want to play three teams every year, uh, just doesn't. I, I don't know how that works out. I don't know how you put it together. And if you don't expand the playoffs, then I go back to what I've said before: um, if you don't win the conference, you can't be in the playoffs. And you have to make some provisions for independence, like Notre Dame. But I just don't think that with only four teams in the playoffs, that you could have two teams from one conference in those playoffs. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, what what's what's the logic behind it? I know they say, well, we got to get the best teams in the playoffs, but it's all opinion. I mean, it's. And and if you if you take the conference champion, there's no opinion involved in that. It's clear cut. You won the conference, you're in the playoffs. If it's a tough conference, so be it. That that's your decision to be in that conference. And it, it and and it's probably a positive if it's a tough conference. Probably helps you in recruiting and a lot of you know, exposure or whatever. But when you get to the playoffs and I know how the playoffs went this year. Obviously, Alabama and Georgia were the best two teams in the country. I don't dispute that. But the unfortunate part of it is I don't think one of them should have been in there, only the team that won the conference, and that would have been Alabama. Michigan, um, Michigan's think, echoing your thoughts. Yeah, well, you don't get a second chance, I don't think. You know, that's, that's the thing. What's the purpose of the conferences then? Let's just play a bunch of games. And then we'll have this committee pick the four that should be in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, you know, winning your conference needs to mean something in the playoff situation, and you've only got four spots available. And maybe, it, maybe you have to win a win your conference to be in there. You know, maybe 
Notre Dame has to make a decision or, you know, whatever. Hmm. I guess it does create a problem with the service academies, too, but um, I just think that you have to win your conference to be in a limited playoff the way it is set up right now. Well, you're going to probably get you're going to get playoff expansion. I just don't know if that turns out to be 6 or 8 or or more, probably 6 or 8. Notre Dame right now gets to moonlight with the ACC to fill out their schedule. I would love to have them as part and they play a tough schedule anyway. I mean, they're already mm-hmm. taken on it feels like half the Big Ten and half the Pac-12 anyway, and then occasionally an SEC team or someone from the Big 12. But I'd love to have Notre Dame as part of that uh, alliance option. I'd love to see Nebraska-Notre Dame again. I'd love to see Ohio State-Notre Dame. Back in the day, that first or second week of September, you'd always have Michigan-Notre Dame kicking things off. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be said for that. And, it, and again, if you just... If we're just going to have four teams and whatever, I mean, I, winning a conference championship has to mean something beyond just okay. Now we're going to put you in the in the pool with the committee and let the committee decide. And you know, I know that the they do their due diligence and everything in making those decisions. But it's only a handful of people that are making those decisions, and it's. Uh, I just would like to have not a lot of uh, people making those decisions. The the decisions should be made on the field within your conference of who's going to represent your conference. Now, like you said, if you expand it to eight teams, um, because I think you probably need to do that, because I don't don't think that it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea with the NFL either that the team – uh, you know, the best team has one week off while everybody else plays, although the two teams that had the week off both got beat uh, in the NFL playoffs. But I don't think that that – I don't think that should be the case in any kind of playoffs. So if you're going to expand it, go to eight. Everybody plays uh, the number of games uh, or, you know, just start out with um, to get to that championship game. Yeah, Mike, I- I'm with you. Whenever you, you, you just look at the NFL playoffs, though, and the success of the division around it, it doesn't make any sense whenever you look at the the diminishing college football playoff ratings to not expand it. And I- I'm with you. Get all the conference champions in there. It'll make the uh, the conference championship week more exciting whenever you know all the winners of these games are going to be punching their ticket to the college football playoff. And then you let the, the committee handle a few more at-large, at-large bids to send out, whether they expand it to 8 or 12. I think something needs to be done. Yeah, I, I think so too. But then the, the other problem that you get into is, you know, we're the bottom line here on all this stuff is show me the money. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you go to eight, if you go to eight teams in the playoffs, then do you reduce the regular season schedule? I mean, do you, do you? Because right now you're set up. If you play a conference championship game, you could play 13 games before you even get to the playoffs, right? You could max out, and the the most you can get in is fifteen, right? I mean, think about yeah. your your conference schedule, your non conference, your conference title game, your first round of the playoff, your championship game. Yeah, yeah, which I think is probably too many. I mean, I if we're if we're just going to let people make the decision anyway, let's don't play a conference championship game. If we've got eight teams in the playoffs, let's have the conference season. And uh, and then we'll let this decide what the eight teams are that are going to be in the playoffs, and and off they go. Because it, you know, if if Nebraska doesn't get in the playoffs, 
I'm sure that Nebraska doesn't want to reduce schedule. No, you, you can't take that home hit financially and then right. from the city economically. Mike, going to go to baseball here. Huskers get rolling on, on Friday. What's your outlook here? What do you think of Coach Bolt's squad? Well, um, there are a lot of questions. Uh, I see that Nebraska was ranked uh, 20th, uh, what, Baseball America? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you know, I think there's reason for optimism this season. You know, first off, I want to say that. But I think that number 20 ranking is probably a reflection of the respect that Bolt has established, you know, that he's here. Because you're, you're looking at uh, a lot of a lot of position players need to be settled out. Um, you basically um, probably structure the outfield because of the guys you lost. You lost uh, most of your pitching staff. Um, Shanneman's back. He was the third starter uh, most of the season, and then there's going to be competition for those for those three spots in the pitching uh, in the pitching. And you lose a guy like Schwellenbach, you know, obviously um, a tr- tremendously talented player, but you, you lost a lot of eyes as well. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting, you know, the competition starting right off, how they're going to, you know, how they're, it's going to shake out. You know, Max Anderson, a great player, a good place to start. Bryce Matthews has got experience. Um, uh, Cervantes has got experience at, at catcher. Uh, Cam Chick did DHing and then played some left field and can play the infield. Um, so you you're you got a lot of moving pieces. Um, what they got fourteen freshmen, I think, or something like that. Um, uh, Gomes is back after missing with the injury uh, last year. There's just a lot of things that need to fall into place. But again, the respect that Will Bolt has established in his in his coaching career, I think, is is reflected in in uh, that ranking and the respect that Nebraska has. And then I think it's a great thing that Rob Childress is back as director of player development. Um, you know, just a tremendous uh, tremendous guy and, and someone really significant to have on your staff. I can't believe that. Texas A&M let him get away, but um, uh, so you know that's kind of it for me. I, I, it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how things fit together and see what names we're not familiar with. You know, there, that, there could uh, be some emergence for sure. Mike Babcock is Drew with us Christo here. Christo could be one. Christo is going to be fun. I can't wait to yeah. watch him ball. Mike, we'll do this again, but always appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 25 minutes away, Andy Markowski, Husker Basketball standout. 
will be with us. Looking ahead to the return of Chucky. Whiskey is in town tomorrow. We head down to Orlando. Usually he's peering out from his office or the uh, the new clubhouse or maybe even the ninth green, the nine, the the seven and seven trick. What was it? What was that trick in uh, Happy Gilmore? The ninth green at nine? I think so. Ninth green at nine. <laughs> Shuey, did you ever pull the ninth green at nine trick on anybody or did it happen to you? No, I haven't. I can safely say that hasn't happened to me or I haven't pulled on anybody. But not yet anyway. Shuey, you're down in Orlando, uh, Wilderness Ridge Golf, Mike Shuhart, a road trip for Shuey. Tell the folks what you're doing. Yeah, we're down at the uh, National PGA Merchandise Show. So it's uh, a lot of stuff happening. So a lot of your companies, um, basically, we have a huge show. All the companies get here. You get to go see um, what it is. You can do ordering. Um, a lot of time, companies are will introduce their new product for the year, uh, plus tons of meetings. Um, so I met with uh, next year's an election year. So we have our two, we have our three candidates that are running uh, for secretary, so I met with them uh, today, throughout the day. Education, a lot of stuff. So it's fun. How's the weather? It's not very good. It's Seriously? rainy, overcast. I haven't seen the sun since I've been here. It's rained the last two days. It's not raining right now, but but it's still better than home. I mean, it's 55 <laughs> degrees, and I can be outside and I'm okay. It's okay. All right. Well, hey, it sounds like you're you're juggling, man, and it's awesome that you took a few, you're, you're taking a few minutes for us, and we we appreciate that. And uh, I want to dive into uh, some some thoughts here uh, with Nebraska football, Shuey. Get your take on this, and some thoughts on on scheduling here when we bring it up because the Big Ten is considering getting rid of divisions. What's your reaction to that? I see that. I like that actually. I think that would be. You know, uh, a good move. As long as they keep some of their traditional games, which I'm sure they will. You know, you can't ever get rid of a, a Michigan and Ohio State and some games like that. So, but I think it's I think it will work out well in the end. I mean, I think you kind of need to you need to spread. You, it's just hard when you get one conference that gets or one side of the conference that gets a lot stronger than the other side. How do you balance that out? So, and it, I like it. I mean, it's a, for Nebraska right now, it's good because you need to play some of those teams to show that you're improving and that you can play with those teams. And that's what makes you put you in a position to get better and get ranked where you want to be. Yeah, it's, uh, every Saturday's a, 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 a shot at credibility for Nebraska moving forward to, to start winning ball games again. I mean, Kind of that's, get back yeah, to that, get get back to being the brand, you know. That that's that's the only way you're going to be able to do it now. You know, they still have their brand. They just need to start winning games and beating other brands. Yeah. You know, to get back to where it is that Nebraska is known for. You know, and it's like that's to me that's a fantastic opportunity to be able to do it. It's, it's what you have to do. I mean, and they put themselves in this position. And it's like the only way you're going to get out of it is you you got to beat these teams. So you can't just keep getting beat every year and be winless against these teams. So and just that's what you got to do if you want to eventually win a national title. I mean, it's you got to you you got to beat the teams you got to beat. 
Mike, so, I, I, I want to get your take on on if this were to go through, who Nebraska's three teams would be. I mean, more of a question of who do you think Nebraska's three biggest rivals are in the Big Ten? Who, who do you think are the three teams that Nebraska should be playing every single year, just just for bragging rights? I think we got to put Iowa in that in that conversation. But I'm not, I just want to get your take on what the other two teams would be. I think you have to have Wisconsin in there, no question. You know, and I. Uh, to me, it's a toss-up between Northwestern and probably Minnesota. You know, only Northwestern because we always seem to, it always seems to be a very entertaining game. <laughs> it, it, you know, for whatever reason, it's always something crazy happens in that. So it's kind of made itself a rivalry game just because of how the games have turned out. You know, and Wisconsin, that's just a, a team that you have to beat. I mean, they've put themselves in a position to be the leader in that division, so it's like you have to beat that team if you want to get there. And then Iowa, too. Iowa's got to be a natural kind of rival. I think Iowa's rivalry against us is a little greater than ours for them, how we look at them. Mm-hmm. But... Well, I'm, I'm sad that you didn't say you want to see Maryland every year because I know you like crab kicks. <laughs> but I, I, I get it. I get it. The other thought, too, with, with this story is trading that ninth conference game for a more juicy matchup with your alliance partner, ACC or Pac-12, and give me a Nebraska versus the U. And I know that's not a not necessarily a, a winnable game, but I'd rather see that opportunity than Nebraska versus Maryland or Nebraska versus no, Rutgers. No question. I mean, you, and again, like I said, I mean, you have you can't be afraid of that. You have to have that. You got to relish that because mm-hmm. if you can accomplish those things, then you pretty much know where it's going to put you. I mean, that's one of the nice things about being in the conference is that you're you're pretty much if you can run out the conference. And be undefeated, you are going to be in the title game, no question. That's just the way that it is. So it's like, you know, what a great opportunity to be in. You know, it's not easy to do by any means, but what a great position to be in and kind of know what you have to do to be able to get where you want to get. Now you just got to take care of your business. Well, you know? and get to protect your teams too, and you'll have a chance for the uh, the Big Ten title game to, to 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 have an assurance that the winner gets in and maybe second place gets in or third place exactly. gets in. You know, if they expand I, this playoff to to eight or more. No question. I mean, that's the, that's the exciting thing about being in the conference is that if they expand the playoffs, you know you're going to get one team in for sure, mm-hmm. and most likely you're going to get at least two. Sure. So it's like going going into the season, two teams are going to make it into the playoffs. That's almost a guarantee. So it's like, and you know what you got to do to be able to get into the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, then anything can happen. Shuey, so. let's talk golf here. Got a couple of minutes. Mike Shue, Art Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey's down in Orlando at uh, the, the PGA show. And uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy looking to, to kind of up their game. Of those three, who do you feel – is ready to, to kind of explode for 2022. I ask that because Rory's been really good, but it's been a while since Rory's been kind of vintage Rory. Uh, that, that's who I'm looking at. You know, it's I get a little leery to say that because, you know, is he still hungry enough where he's at to want to get there? You know, majors. Um, 
because he's been around for a long time. He's not very old, but he's been around for a long time. So, you know, does he does he have you know, left in the tank and in his head that he's going to commit to doing the things he needs to do to be able to get back to where he was at one time? I mean, that that's who I'm thinking because typically guys that go through a little bit of a a downturn, then all of a sudden turn it back up if they if they're committed enough, which he typically is, you know. So that's the guy I'm looking at. I mean, D, DJ's been consistent, you know. Thomas is what Thomas is. So Rory's the guy I'm looking at. Shuey, we will catch up uh, when you're back in uh, the warm temperatures of Nebraska next week. Thanks for the time today. You bet. I'll try to bring some warm weather back. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio. Get the podcast, subscribe. It doesn't cost you nothing. And uh, give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Want to hear from you? Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. All those platforms find us, Hale Varsity Radio, daily. And all the on demand stuff, all the interviews in the segments, ESPNLincoln.com. Uh, is uh, where you can find the on-demand, the uh, two-minute drill. The uh, SoundCloud is up by Elijah Everyday, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed, at ESPN Lincoln. And, uh, of course, uh, the uh, interview is also posted there. So we'll get you a chance here, a pair of tickets, two pairs of tickets to Ghost and Volbeat here in a moment. They're coming to PBA here in February. But uh, we've talked about Gronk, and we've heard from Gronk, and we've Spent time on Tom Brady, his future. He's just spending time with family. So what is up with Aaron Rodgers? What is he going to do? And you've had several quarterbacks who uh, do work with ESPN sound off on on what they would do. Matt Hasselbeck, of course, you see on the uh, NFL pregame show with ESPN. Uh, there's life after moving on from the one franchise you've been with, right? He went from uh, Seattle to, to Indy. Uh, Eli Manning, his take uh, is, and I can say see Eli uttering this wearing you know a, a Def Leppard tank top. Well, it's going to be worse anywhere else. So the old the old uh, beer is half empty. Eli, I like what Kurt Warner said. He uh, he's like, "Oh, let's go show him right." Because Kurt did his incredible work with the Rams, kind of got ousted for Eli and the Giants, and then resurrected that Hall of Fame career and was incredible to get Arizona to a Super Bowl back in 08. Uh, Orlovsky asked a good question, has it run its course? I think that's probably the answer I'd circle in Green Bay, just between the friction between him and the suits. It isn't the players, it isn't the locker room, it isn't the performance. Because he's winning you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 ball games a year, 13, 39 wins the last three seasons. So... You know, where are the landing spots? Uh, Rich Gannon, why would you want to leave is his question. Uh, it comes down to power, you know, who's who's calling the shots. Um, you know, if there is another destination, I stick in the NFC. I don't go to the AFC. Not Denver? No, not Denver. I mean, Denver would be fun, but that's it's a fun. What do your weapons look like? To me, there's a better there's a better buffet in New Orleans. Or give old Jerry a ring up. Trade trade Dak. See if Green Bay is interested in Dak. And what would Dallas be if they could get Aaron Rodgers? My question is, is it going to be a a package deal of sorts with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers? Because, I mean, 
Green Bay is going to be coming into this next season with $45 million over the cap, which kind of fits perfectly with Devontae's contract and Aaron Rodgers' contract. You can lose those two, and then you can kind of start to rebuild with, with other pieces around. So does that become a package deal, especially with Devontae Adams entering free agency? Does Aaron ask for a trade, and they, they work something together and say, hey, Devontae's interested in going down to Dallas, and, and Aaron likes it down there too. Uh, so I just threw that name out because I think of what you have in Dallas now, all your missions – a quarterback that's won before. Dak has won. He's been good. Let's get you a pair of tickets, uh, two pairs of tickets right now to Ghost and Volbeat. Start jamming, man. Air guitar it, headbang it. Slam that steering wheel. Not with your forehead. Ghost and Volbeat, collar four and collar five. Right now, a pair of seats to PBA in February. Ghost and Volbeat, collar four. Caller 5 right now at 466 Caller 4, Caller 5 right now with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Some thoughts on the recruiting trail as Nebraska tries to close in on that second signing day one week from today. We'll go there next hour. How are the NFL uh, draft gurus looking at quarterbacks with um, this past crop of QBs that have delivered and over-delivered in the postseason? We'll get there in 25 minutes. Andy Markowski with us now to talk some big red basketball, the pride of Ord, Husker basketball standout. And uh, at Markowski underscore Andy is uh, where you find him on Twitter. Andy, how's the week, man? What do you know? Not a lot, Smitty. Just uh, a little basketball and more basketball. So good good time of the year. It is. Uh, can't wait. We're going to blink, and it's going to be – uh, the madness will be upon us, and let's rewind a little bit with Nebraska basketball having to pause due to COVID. Uh, both, uh, you know, Nebraska, the women uh, didn't get a chance to to compete against Rutgers. They'll have the uh, the, the the nightcap of the uh, the double dip here with the men and women tomorrow at PBA. And interested to to see where you're leaning here. Uh, Coach Hoyberg spoke today to the media and. You know, there's the the rest versus rest thing, and man, it's awful tough to to have to rest and knock off some rust when you've been struggling. Do you think Nebraska's uh, in trouble tomorrow? Not only because of the opponent, but because of what they've gone through. Yeah, you know, basketball is a rhythm game. Um, you know, it's one thing to to rest, but you you would like to have all your 
your pieces at practice where you're able to, to, to kind of get better and improve and, you know, not having the ability to, to, to practice with a full squad until um, the last couple of days certainly will affect their rhythm, you know, conditioning, you know, all the things that, that you need to have to, to be successful. Now, you know, you still can, can go out and, and play well and, and win. It's not, not that it's impossible, but, but certainly the first game back I think is, is a challenge, and you know, and I think fans witnessed that when, when Nebraska played Ohio State coming off their two-week pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certainly Ohio State didn't didn't look their best, but you know, fought fought and still found a way to win the game. So I, I still think Nebraska, you know, can can play. They've played well at home, and and uh, Wisconsin brings you know challenges. Uh, you know, they're versatile and, and long and big, uh, but you know, at, at home Nebraska has been competitive. So I expect the same tomorrow or on Thursday tomorrow. It's a long week, Shady. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, Andy Markowski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, I uh, want to go to uh, the chemistry question, and, and we talk about this a lot, but uh, some comments made by Kobe Webster. Uh, it was addressed by Kobe. It was addressed by Coach Hoiberg. And you had criticism. You had criticism uh, by Kobe uh, about uh, accountability. You had uh, criticism towards the, the coaching staff, and that's absolutely okay to feel. That's okay to share. I don't know that it's okay to share in the forum Kobe did it, and I know th- they're trying to move forward from it, but can that completely get flushed even though it's a week old? Yeah, you know, you, you hope. Uh, you know, I, I think Kobe's a, a senior. You know, Fred is, is – you know, been in a lot of different environments. So I don't think, you know, that's going to be, you know, held against them. Um, you know, the scary thing is sometimes where there's, you know, there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, Kobe is, uh, you know, is a 23-year-old. I mean, it's not an 18-year-old that just didn't know better, you know. So you, he's been, you know, been through college seasons for five years. So it's it's not like that was a slip of the tongue. Um, so, you know, there's probably a little more to it than just that. And it, it'll just go away. But, you know they're they're zero and eight in league and and stuff starts to to build and and losing's hard and you know, I think I made this comment a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's going to be interesting how the season plays out. There's just not a lot of of easy wins on their schedule. Um, you know they've already lost a, a a lot in a row minus you know one win over over Christmas and and you start to see how how stable uh, your your group is, how stable your coaching staff is, how much buy-in you get because every loss. Uh, just starts to mount that that pressure that's on the players, the pressure that's on Coach Ho- Hoiberg. Uh, you know, the media has their opinion, the fans have theirs, and um, you know, it gets to be you know just a hard environment. Winning is the ultimate deodorant, um, and when you don't win, uh, these things can can surface. So uh, certainly, it can splinter a group. Um, but you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It's, as of now, they've been pretty, you know, pretty competitive at home, and, and hopefully, they can they can continue that tomorrow. Eddie, you were a captain, man. How did you handle any internal strife? Because when when your teams went on the court, more times than not, you guys were, were competitive. You were going to postseason. You were playing together. You were talented. And, and all of it fit. It worked. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there were some, some – there's maybe too many alphas at the dinner table at times, but it, it got sorted out. How did you navigate it? Well, '96, you know, was was uh, the, the the year that we had too many, you know, too many alphas that had conflicting, uh, you know, as the year of the boycott and and the, and the group really splintered and and into kind of different, 
groups, um, you know, so to, to, to echo kind of your analogy, uh, where the last couple of years, you know, Toronto was a great leader and, you know, Cookie was a great leader. Vincent, uh, you know, wasn't a, a vocal leader, but you knew uh, Vincent was there to win. And, you know, I, I brought probably a, a toughness and a leadership and accountability to, to the group. And, you know, we had buy-in that we're, we were all there for the right reasons. We were, we were there to win. Um, you know, Coach Nee empowered us to, 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 to be a player-led team, but yet there was times that the coaching staff had to discipline, you know, whether it be academics or lack of effort or, or poor performance, and, and we trusted, you know, the, the coaching staff. If, if, if they had to make one of those decisions, we, we were, all, you know, going to support that as well. So, you know, I, I know a lot of this back and forth is player-led teams are, are, are always the best, and I, I agree with that um, because, you know, you, coaches aren't around your group 24-7. There's a lot of off-court time, a lot of side conversations where where selfish interests can start to rear their head. Um, but, you know, I, I just felt our group, uh, we were all there for the right reasons. You know, we were all involved in the recruitment of, of other younger kids, and we were able to kind of be a part of that process and let them know what it's like to, to be at Nebraska and what we were about. So you try to control the culture a little bit when kids are coming in, uh, uh, what to expect. So I think all those things played into, um, you know, not that we had great teams, but we, we had competitive teams that I thought played hard and, you know, and finished in the top half of the league. And, you know, I think leadership was part of that. Andy, do you think there's going to be more, We've seen Fred do more hands-on with with the offense, right? When Nebraska was struggling and there wasn't a rhythm and there were some bad shots being taken, you saw more. um, It was about six or seven games into the season where you saw Fred start substituting, okay? Guy took a bad shot, step back, heat check, whatever. It's time to come sit by me if it was, you know, kind of a a momentum killer. Do you see Fred and his assistants maybe – being more hands-on if if there's some question, and I don't know, I'm not in the locker room, but you got to make the the judgment call as a coach, as the leader of the program, if if the team's mature enough to uh, to be player-led, and if 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 it's dicey, you got to kind of be hands-on yourself. Do you think that adjustment may have happened over here the last week or two? Well, yeah, I think Bench is the ultimate, uh, you know, play hard, play better uh, when, when you when you have to sit. I mean, that, that's the one thing coaches can, can control that, that hurts players. Um, you know, I, I think, in my, my own opinion, I, I think Coach Hoiberg, you know, might have underestimated, you know, how talented this group was, and he let maybe some of those things slide early thinking, you know, hey, I, I don't want to, you know, pull a shooter. I want him to play with this, you know, extreme confidence. And, and you know, we want to recruit kids to, you know, sell them on, on how uh, autonomous, you know, you can play in his system. And, and you know, that didn't work, right? I mean, we all saw it. Um, so you, you have to, uh, when your players, you know, can't figure it out, you, you have to start to, uh, hold them accountable and 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 pull them out. The the, the thing that Fred has ran into is he, with injuries and some different things that have happened. It's not like he's ten deep where you can right. just start to to plug and play somebody if they're not playing well and and go to the backup. They've they've lost a little bit of depth through through some of these injuries, uh, which makes that harder harder to do. Right? You want to keep your best kids out on the court. But yeah, I think Fred since Christmas had has held this group. Uh, to a, a much higher standard with shot selection, with uh, physicality, with effort. Um, but, 
you know, midseason, you know, was it was it too little, too late, and you know, could have they maybe got off to a better start and won some of those non-conference games? Um, had he done that sooner, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but um, but yeah, th- this group is is too young to 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 have all that beyond them, and I, and I think Fred has recognized that and has start being a. Uh, you know, just just a little bit more accountable to, to how they need to play to be competitive and have a chance to win, and that's a little bit more controlled. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that that too little, too late comment because you you have seen some progress uh, since Fred has has put his fingerprints on the team a little bit more if you'd like but, but my question to you is at what point do you worry about this team giving up on the season and just coming up and uh, coming out and, and not showing up for games anymore hasn't been a problem as uh, they've been keeping it close with a lot of the, the good teams they've been playing there's been the occasional blowout but at what point do you just worry this team's not even going to show up for games anymore yeah, I mean that, that's the ultimate fear that you know, as a coach, that, that you have, right? That your team, you know, quits on you, uh, um, you know, starts to look in the transfer portal, or starts to look at graduation, or starts to look at the NBA. I mean, everybody is, is you know, always can have another option, um, and you know, it's miserable losing. I mean, no one, no one likes to lose, right? Uh, these, you know, most of these kids have have won in the environments that they were at in high school or, or where they transferred from. You know, but that's, you know, what Fred is, is paid, you know, $5 million to, to do is to coach and, and, and keep the group together and recruit kids that, you know, want to be here and want to play for Nebraska. Um, so you always have that risk and, and, and losing, you know, multiplies the, the risk of that happening. Um, but, you know, it, it's the coach's responsibility to, to keep messaging and, 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 and tinkering and, and, and plugging uh, kids in that, that want to play hard and want to compete uh, regardless, regardless of the outcome. But um, that's my fear that, that come February that, you know, this group could, could really splinter if they're not here for the right reasons. And, you know, now you're looking at a, another complete rebuild. And, you know, I think that puts the administration in a, in a really hard spot. Or they keep getting better now that they have McGowan's back. The schedule gets easier. You know, you have uh, Northwestern, you have Iowa, you have – Minnesota, I mean, you have some teams that, that, you know, certainly aren't in the top 15 like you've played up to this point. You have Rutgers again at home. You know, so the schedule, you know, shifts a little bit uh, in their favor where it gets a little easier. And, you know, maybe they start finding some wins, gains confidence, and, and, and the season plays out a little different than what maybe people think. Andy Markowski is with us. Andy, uh, thought on, on the latest NBA mock draft, went through the, the names, a few G League kids, a lot of Duke kids, and then there's uh, – Bryce McGowan in at number thirty-one, projected to Orlando. Uh, what what do you think of it at this point in the year with his name being up there? We knew he's been associated with with the NBA because of of his projection, his talent, his his physical skills. But um, you know his his name keeps climbing on on draft boards. Yeah, well, Br- Bryce is you know very talented. He's nineteen. You know, if you look at the NBA, they're they're really looking at the second contract, which is in year five, to to be able to offer uh, you know kind of leak max to to get them up, you know on their second contract when they're 24 to, to 30 years old, where you see the most progress and growth, you know, physically, you know, mentally. Um, you know, Bryce's ceiling is is very high, as as we've all seen. He can shoot it, he can handle it. You know, he needs to get stronger. You know, everybody sees, the, you know, maybe the lack of lockout or lack of defense. And, and those things, you know, come in time. So, you know, he, he's very talented. He's had a huge impact in the Big Ten already as a freshman, which is which is hard to do. Speaks to, to the level of talent he has. Uh, I've kind of lost some of my NBA contacts. Jimmy Williams, Scott Howard. So I'm not, 
in that circle uh, as much as those guys are, are now retired from from kind of their NBA roles. So I don't have you know some of that inside information anymore. But that doesn't surprise me. Uh, I think if he decides to go, he he would be a draft pick. Um, you know, it, it probably makes sense for him to to, to stay and keep improving. But, but then again, um, you know, the NBA has always positioned themselves to, to take talent that they can develop over their first rookie contract and, uh, with the hopes that they have a, a star in their hands for the, for the second contract. So a little different than the NFL, which needs, you know, immediate impact as a first, second, third, fourth rounder. The, the NBA does not draft that way uh, with the amount of veterans that, that stay on rosters. Um, you know, the, the young talent, they, they draft tends to, to be down the road uh, versus that that immediate impact. Unless you're a you know a top ten, top twelve lottery pick, you know they tend to have an impact. But the rest, everybody else, needs to sit back and develop or go to the G League and develop. And and um, you know just very different, very different structure than what maybe fans see with NFL. On the other hand, do you worry about him transferring? He's gotten the year in with his brother. We only have about 30 seconds left here, but do you worry about him transferring, finding greener pastures now that he's he's had this year at Nebraska where they haven't found much success? You know, I, I think all that is is uh, a potential. Uh, Matt Painter, uh, you know, actually uh, from Purdue, uh, put a stat that, that looked at uh, the amount of first-rounders that have made it that transferred through college, and that, that percent is pretty low. Um, you know, most people are willing to put their head down, you know, keep working, figure it out. Um, you know, so you, you hope Bryce is in that camp. But, um, you know, I can't speak to what, what he's looking for. I, I think the development I've seen, uh, you know, with him and with Coach Hoiberg, um, the offense that Coach Hoiberg runs, um, I, you know, I think there's a lot of positive for, for him to stay and help, you know, help turn this program around. But, um, you know, it, to him to go to the league, to him transfer, him stay, you know, I, I don't have enough information, but, you know, I'm assuming all three will, you know, will be something that they, they discuss as a family. Andy, we'll uh, do this again, bud. Best to the Husker women tomorrow night against Wisconsin, and thanks for the time today, bud. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Many thanks to uh, Andy Markowski. He's obviously an assistant over at Pius for Coach Posota and the Pius girls. Uh, Alexis Markowski and the Husker women tip off at 8 tomorrow night, so he's a proud papa watching. And, of course, he'll have an eye on Nebraska basketball as they tip it four. We are at the single barrel during Nebraska-Wisconsin tomorrow. The return of Chucky. Uh, Chucky Hepburn is as good of a player as we've seen in a long time. Blessed to cover him in the state tournament here the last several years at Bell West. And he has been uh, incredible as a freshman for Wisconsin. A lot of Nebraska fans wish he was wearing a different red. And uh, Chucky's uh, just been a treat. That Wisconsin team's... Really, really good. It was a bloodbath last night in Champaign as Illinois 
without Kofi and uh, their second leading score. Frazier kind of willed them to victory over Sparty and Izzo in a tight, tight ball game, one point win. But the Big Ten's been really good. Illinois is atop the Big Ten. Uh, Maryland uh, got off the mat uh, briefly. Uh, Michigan needs to kind of find their rhythm, but it's really been Purdue and Wisconsin and Illinois and Michigan State uh, this year in the Big Ten. So uh, we can reset Nebraska football, the Big Ten overall. Scott Docterman's story about doing away with divisions. Do you like that idea as a Nebraska football fan and ultimately as a Big Ten football fan? Or do you want to keep the divisions? The fear is it doesn't matter. You're going to get hosed anyway with the scheduling. I don't think that that will be the case with uh, with Trev Alberts. Uh, got an email in Chris at HaleVarsity.com reacting to, uh, to our interview with Andy Markowski. We're talking about Fred Hoiberg and the topic of control, right? And uh, culpability, accountability, team uh, – Players that teams that are that are player led from a leadership standpoint are always best. We talk to a lot of coaches and former players, and, and they're always like that. It's easier said than done, though. It's got to be the right leadership, the right accountability, and clearly um, too much leadway was given uh, to this group with uh, the accountability standpoint and uh, the the agendas have, have been overall. And why'd you ask the question here about Nebraska? How do they end the year? Do they, do they knock the rust off and are they competitive against a, a two or three seed tomorrow afternoon? That's the hope. If you're a Nebraska fan, I think it's a lot to ask with uh, a, who Wisconsin is B what they do uh, to Nebraska usually. And that's just beat them aside from the uh, no sit Sunday, and the other part of it is you're coming off this extended layoff where you've not practiced, and you need a lot from Trey McGowan's, and last week was a big, big week for him from a conditioning standpoint to get that foot and just get your 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 juice back. Well, if uh, and, and Fred talked today about Trey as one of the, the COVID cases. So, I mean, he's been in isolation, uh, which is no good. That that really hurts trying to put a game plan together, let alone even be on the practice floor like Andy touched on. Back to the email. And um, uh, Kent writes in, Fred's had a, uh, a boneheaded plan, plain and simple. Um, what Kent says is he expects an Alberts-type Frost renegotiation offer with Fred. And I think that's, that's fair. I don't want to think about a world where Nebraska basketball loses out uh, just because Northwestern and Iowa and Minnesota don't have a number next to their name doesn't mean they haven't beaten some people this year and doesn't mean Nebraska can put 40 minutes of teamwork together. Nebraska may get one or two this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they get on a roll when they're not playing a ranked team or better team, a smarter team. But Honestly, I look at the schedule, and from a talent standpoint, Northwestern's been pretty competitive this year. Iowa has a guy that's supposed to go in the top 10 this year uh, in, the, in the draft. And, and Iowa's, they got shooters, right? They, they play smart basketball. Minnesota, physical, they play smart basketball. Nebraska's biggest problem, uh, aside from not hitting shots, has been their ability or want to, to play together. There's, there's spurts of it. 
but it's it's agendas and doing the little things. <laughs> it's not boxing out. It's not grabbing a rebound. It's not closing out. It's not communicating. And quite honestly, I don't know. You can say we're going to move forward. Well, do you have elephants in the in the locker room, or do you have guys that are willing to ba- bury the hatchet? And quite honestly, uh, when you get to this point of the year, and if you're sucking, I'm going to go get mine. That's a common response. Well, we're not going to. There's nothing to play for. Ooh, yay! Let's let's get a win or two in the Big Ten. We're not going to postseason. There's no dancing. We'll be watching the dance again. I'm going to go get mine and try and get some money. Period. That won't go away. It'll only grow and intensify. So this is this is key. This is so huge for Nebraska to come out with all this adversity. And they've been a team that's not handled adversity well. Plain and simple. There are some certain cases on the team where guys have handled adversity well. I think a Trey McGowan's is a guy that is absolutely stand up and can handle adversity. Has handled adversity. He, he does a little things. He gives great effort on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think Derek Walker's the same. But you got a guy in Webster that is talented, and he's a sixth man. And from a decision-making standpoint, he's a guy that's really, quite honestly, and his role is to come in and be offensive, right? I mean, he's he's a scorer. He's good at it. But he, he has, at times, not been perfect, and that's okay, where he's one of the guys taking some questionable shots if they don't go in, right? I mean, so... You know, he, he it's it's tough to hear him uh, call others out when when he's one of the guys that are that you could argue are taking some tough shots. Yeah. And maybe I, I hope everyone got together, uh, COVID or not, and kumbaya and cleared the air. And I hope they're good. Yeah. I, ho- I hope they're good. And that's what I was just going to get into is this this final stretch of the season is going to say a lot about the character of this team and who the guys are all on the team. Whenever, I mean, you look at last season and you saw that team come together after the COVID pause. They came together and played probably their best basketball of the season in those final, what, six games after the COVID pause at the end of last season, if you remember. So well, the, who else moved on? Are you asking that rhetorically or you're asking me? I'm, I'm saying who, moved, who who is not part of the equation anymore at one point. Teddy Allen left the team at one point. Yeah. And, and this is... You know, do you have do you have a do you have another Teddy Allen or a Cam Mack on this team personality that's that's causing division or multiple? You could even ask, are there multiple? <laughs> yeah, are there more than one? And I'd say, yeah. And it's it's, so. it's hard to say from the outside, but I, I think this final stretch of the season coming out of this COVID pause will say a lot about what the what the guys in the locker room are. And I guess we'll, the first test will be tomorrow at four o'clock against Wisconsin to see how this team responds. Whenever really all the, all the cards are stacked against them, you're mm-hmm. you're terrible in the Big Ten play this year. Uh, you're playing one of the best teams in the Big Ten this year, and you're coming out of a COVID pause. Well, we'll I'll, I'll be curious to see how they respond. Do they roll over earlier, or do they give it a full forty minutes of fight? Well, and and you're, man, and, and it's turning into PBA is, is a spot where folks love to go. And cheer on Nebraska, and and they'll be there for the women <laughs> at eight o'clock. Uh, I I just wonder what the crowd's going to look like for the men. Uh, let's talk football a minute. Recruiting looms as Nebraska uh, in the uh, the final stretch here to uh, get some final portal additions and also some high school prospects for the twenty twenty two class. Nebraska was eyeing safety Kalen Griffin. 
out of Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, he uh, pulled the trigger on Clemson yesterday. Nebraska's still in the thick of it for three-star back A.J. Allen. And A.J. Allen's a really talented ball player, committed to TCU. Uh, no more Gary Patterson, no more Coach Applewhite at TCU. But, you know, Applewhite's in Lincoln in full-court press time for Nebraska as you had Coach Frost, you had uh, Brian Applewhite, you had Mickey Joseph, all down in Monroe, Louisiana, to be in home with A.J. Allen. Nebraska really uh, loves what this guy could do in the offense, what he can do as a running back. And uh, it's not just the head man. It's not just the position coach you were previously committed to. It's the the home state uh, mayor, governor, whatever you want to call Mickey Joseph, the, the governor of the boot. Uh, when it comes to recruiting, Mickey Joseph uh, was down there. That's a nice trifecta for Nebraska. And this is, Elijah, off the heels of Nebraska having a pretty good weekend official visit from him uh, last weekend. So uh, Nebraska staying in the thick of it there, trying to, to, to close and – Full and, court press, if you will. Uh, yeah, and get that flip and, and add to that running back room. I mean, we spent time yesterday talking about the running back room where uh, you've got some additions. You're probably going to have some subtractions. But uh, above all, you've got to find – uh, a guy to to lean on, a couple of guys to lean on. Oh no, no, I, I'll stick with your first point. They got to find a guy to lean on. They need to find a guy that can come in and start and, and essentially be a three down back. And I know you can get him subbed out, and that's the way football is moving of having really a two headed monster at running back. But they got to find a guy, the guy, to to play the running back position here in Nebraska. Well, it, let me ask you this: Do you think Ramir Johnson is the guy? He has the most experience. He really ran hard. He's fast, and he's shown up in big games when healthy. The question is, is long-term health, is he uh, is he a co-number one this year with, with, with the additions you've brought in? We saw him turn more into a three-down guy last season, um, but th- that would still need – I mean, he's, he's not a short yardage guy. He's not a guy in the Big Ten is going to put his shoulder down and rumble forward for an extra four yards. That, that's not who he is, and I think Nebraska needs a guy like that to also be a three-down back. Is it Gabe Irvin? Possibly. Is it, is it Jock Ant? Possibly, but I don't think you're going to be wrong to be bringing in more talent just to, just to come in and compete. Uh, a quick other note to make here, uh, just uh, off the, uh, the A.J. Allen topic, is we also had Brian Applewhite stop over in, in Texas – Today, an offer a kid I think is really interesting in Trey Williams, who uh, he's six foot two, two oh five. And what's interesting is they offered him in that that Caleb Tanner uh, defensive end position. Oh, good outside so, backup edge rush. So he, he plays a wide receiver and linebacker in high school, but he just plays with his hair on fire. I really liked what I saw from his film, and it's it's cool to see uh, Applewhite already making some strides down in Dallas, where Nebraska has been pretty non-existent over the past couple of years. Well, think about it. I mean, Anthony Grant uh, has got uh, the full package here coming from JUCO. So you have him, you have Ramir Johnson, and the key thing here with Grant is is he's here for spring, right? Sometimes you don't get Juco till summer, and it's delay in learning and kind of getting situated and acclimated. Uh, you hope Gabe comes back from injury, and you really want to see uh, some more molding go on with a guy like Yant because, I mean, Yant's a Big Ten bodied back. So step, and he's still here. I mean, don't forget about him. A jock docks on the way with Hale Varsity. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Ben Woodhead with Nebraska Orthopedic Center joins us. Dr. Ben, how are your uh, your free throws? <laughs> Doing good so far. <laughs> how about yourself? You know, I'm probably a, a career 50% guy from the line. Uh, how about yourself? You, you, you're, you're probably uh, one of those... I wish, I mean, I might be north of 50%, but certainly <laughs> south of 80%. <laughs> okay, so you're not quite 8 out of 10. Well, no. watching the, uh, the weekend of sports, you had some vicious hits in the NFL, but I think... Uh, I think Grayson Allen would have been fined in the NFL and, and, and the NBA. He's been fined and suspended in the NBA for the hit job he put on Alex Caruso. Wow, what a what a play by a former Dookie, right? Gosh, he went down hard too, and so I mean, you could you could almost feel it as he did. Well, getting you caught up here, the Bucks and the Bulls, Grayson Allen, the chase down from around the world is Grayson Allen and his reputation as he uh, didn't allow any easy basket in transition to uh, bowl Alex Caruso. Caruso, airborne, ripped out from the air, from behind by Allen. And uh, and now Caruso is set for surgery with a bum wrist. Dr. Ben, tell us here a little bit here about what Caruso's going through and as you watched this injury occur, as you watched Caruso land, and it could have been very devastating. We're talking head injury. Uh, wrist, <clears throat> wrist is what we're talking about with this flagrant two foul. Yeah, I mean, when you go down as hard as you do like that on the hardwood, you know, all bets are off. You could hit your head. You could, you know, you could hit your shoulder anywhere. And so not that the wrist is any less of an injury, but – um, at some point, you do count your blessings for only having one type of injury in that situation. Now, it's hard to tell. You know, he didn't have much of a deformity, at least looking at the looking at the video. And so, there's a couple different bones in the wrist you can you can break. But he certainly did something severe enough to where he is undergoing uh, surgery this week. And so, a lot of that will depend on what they have to fix. Dr. Ben Woodhead is with us. Uh, Jonk Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. We're talking Chicago Bull, Alex Caruso. His injury after Grayson Allen's uh, flagrant two foul. When I think of landing after being airborne and I can only vicariously live, some of us don't get that high towards the rim, <laughs> you, you land. Is it is it just how you land or Dr. Ben, is it a lot of times 
putting your hands down to try and brace your fall where you can have the wrist injury? Yeah, so that's kind of the common um, classic type of way of breaking your wrist is they call it falling on an outstretched hand. And mm-hmm. so as the weight is coming down and you put your put your hands out extended to basically catch yourself, um, that puts you in a position of risk for breaking your wrist. And so a lot of it is a combo of just the exact type of vector that you fall onto and the way that you actually hit your wrist that puts you um, at increased chances of basically breaking the wrist. And so um, that's a tremendous amount of force, especially from that amount of height coming down straight on your wrist to, to expect not to have an injury. Six to eight weeks is the, the, the surgery recovery time. Does that indicate to you, Dr. Ben, that this is a air quote normal wrist fracture versus something excessive? Because you can get pretty nasty with, with the wrist, can't you, when it comes to breakage? Absolutely. There's there's a lot of bones in the wrist. And so, you know, for his sake, hopefully it's one of the bigger bones where you can essentially fix it with a plate and screws. Um, and much of the much of the rehab in the time frame is just waiting for the bones to heal, which usually takes about six weeks. So, you know, as long as they fix that to where the bone is stable, you know, after a couple of weeks, they can get him aggressive with rehab. So he gets his motion back to where after a couple months, he's hopefully able to start hitting the court again. Um, certainly can do conditioning during that time, but but using it once he gets his motion, that's going to be the biggest goal. I, I'm not familiar if it's Caruso's shooting wrist or, or offhand, but if it is the shooting wrist, is this, a, is this a concern? I mean, you can recover and you can get back to, to normal strength, but from a lingering issue or a tendonitis standpoint? Yeah, I certainly think that if it is a shooting hand, that's something to be concerned about. Um, you know, because as somebody like that, he's lights out. You know, if they don't have the full motion, if they don't have the proprioception or the feeling in their wrist that he's normally used to, you know, if he's even 98% from compared to his 100%, is that going to keep him off to some degree? And it makes you wonder. Um, best case scenario for him, obviously, would be his non-shooting hand where he's just required, you know, play defense and dribble with that side. Um, you know, probably would be a better option for him if, if that's what it is. Well, and, and this isn't career-ending, thankfully. I mean, it was vicious enough that it, it absolutely could have been. But what you don't want, Dr. Ben Woodhead, is this to be career-changing. You don't you, you want Caruso to come back the same player uh, the same guy that is uh, a freak athlete, a really good shooter, dynamic to the rim. You don't want him to have in the back of his mind any lack of confidence. Right. And somebody like that, that's always your biggest concern is that is it going to change him? You know, is he going to be different after a situation like that? Um, and you don't really know. Um, however, as long as he heals and as long as he gets his motion back, you know, mentally somebody like that, you would think that they'll he'll at least be able to function at the high level uh, that he was before as long as his body allows it. Dr. Ben Woodhead's with us, say, Jock Doc Wednesday. Alex Caruso, the Chicago Bull, hammered on that flagrant two foul by Grayson Allen. Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. So you've got the walking wounded here with the Bulls, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Javante Green. Now you add Caruso to uh, the list here and. Chicago's had a pretty good season. Let's flip it around here to uh, to to the NBA's rules and in Allen real quick. You got about a minute left or so. Uh, the NBA's done a pretty good job of policing and enforcing. And this isn't 
25, 30 years ago when you and I were growing up with Charles Oakley, the enforcer, or yeah. Bill Lambeer. But, man, this kind of takes us back where we're talking about a guy having to get screw in, uh, you know, uh, screws and a plate in his wrist potentially. I know. It's just not as common seeing the injuries like that. So, um, yeah, whether they'll actually do anything to enforce it anymore, it's hard to say. But um, it's something that they'll be watching for sure. Dr. Ben, is this a tough surgery? Is this a tough uh, procedure on your guys' end? You know, generally not. As long as the bone is just displaced or it goes back together easily, you know, it's a very common surgery that orthopedic surgeons fix, especially um, a hand and wrist surgeon. So this is a surgery that these guys are doing many times a week, and I, I would expect that that's the type of individual to have to do the surgery. So as long as it's a straightforward surgery, it'll be a straightforward rehab and a straightforward recovery. Well, Caruso, not very appreciative of what Grayson Allen did. Dude just grabbed me out of the air. I don't know what else you can do about it. I'm just glad I didn't have any major scary injuries right away. So uh, get better. Alex Caruso, uh, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. A jock talk Wednesday in the Grayson Allen flagrant foul Seen around the world over the weekend, Dr. Ben Woodhead with us. Dr. Ben, have an amazing weekend. Thanks for the time today. Absolutely. You too, Chris. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time on a Wednesday. Don't forget Roadshow Thursday, single barrel inside the graduate We'll be uh, catching Nebraska, Wisconsin. They tip while we're on. So, you know what? If you're not going to the ball game, swing on by the single barrel, have a beer or a one of their 250 whiskeys, order a steak, settle in, watch a little Nebraska, Wisconsin, hang out, and then the nightcap, the Husker women take on Wisconsin at eight. So we're there four to six. We'll also be streamyarding on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and. Twitter handle, so check us there as well. And uh, Loaded Show, Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity. We'll uh, get Burke's Best Bets, NFC, AFC Championship Weekend. And uh, Gary Barnett with us also. And then Steve Mark going to join us on site in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk some Nebraska baseball with him and uh, get his thoughts on the Husker women. Plenty of spring-to-be topics for Husker football. Reminder about buckling up. Uh, coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. You can email the show Chris at Hale Varsity. 
Williams.com. So what's your take here on Williams maybe to Wisconsin? The uh, stud quarterback from Oklahoma was in the portal. I don't know that SC is going to pan out for him. I know that's been on the radar for him. But uh, maybe Russell Wilson 2.0. Is that the pitch? From Paul Chris, he's getting a new offensive coordinator. Well, and you can look at it as well and say, hey, not only are you going to, to be coming in here and, and be our quarterback one, you're going to come in here with a guy who's got all Big Ten potential next season in Braylon Allen at running back. That guy's incredible. And he's going to be coming behind, uh, running behind and being protected by a Wisconsin offensive line. And you have a, a Wisconsin defense that was stingy last season and returned some key pieces. It, it, I mean, if you're just looking at it in a sense of, being able to come in and have success next season makes a lot of sense for him to be going to a place like Wisconsin as opposed to, I think the other two options were USC and LSU that are, mm-hmm. are high on his list. I mean, if you want to have success next season, if you want to make a run at the college football playoff next season, Wisconsin might be be your best bet. Think about this. Uh, I mean, you're going to have more splash and wow at SC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have more splash and wow at LSU. But from a stability and a known quantity, you are for sure – uh, looking real hard at what you have on offense, around you on offense, meat and potatoes on that O-line, and what you're going to get from the defensive side of the ball to echo your comments. It's a good pitch. It's a really good idea. Now, you don't necessarily want to see it if you're the rest of the Big Ten because that's been – Wisconsin's been the mother of all <laughs> one-dimensional programs. They've just been that good on the line with with Allen to slam it down your throat. And their defense is crazy. Crazy good. So come see us uh, single barrel tomorrow. Four to six, pull up a chair, watch Nebraska-Wisconsin. Get a drink. Coffee, water, whiskey, bourbon. Bill called in and just wanted to know, what's wrong with staying at Oklahoma? Well, clearly... It's your your coaching situation's different. First year head coach. Bill's got a great question. Why not? You're the one who put the Twitter handle out that said, I'm leaving OU. Talk to you tomorrow at four from the single barrel. A Huda Media Production.